You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated continues our coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes with our instant analysis from Ohio State's 41-20 win over the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. I'm Brendan Gulick with Andrew Lind and Tommy Zagorski, and I'll tell you what, 41-20 looks like a comfortable final score margin. This was not a comfortable game by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it was a one-touchdown game more than midway through the fourth quarter. Not the kind of win that Ohio State necessarily, on paper, you'd think they would have against a non-Power 5 team. Uh, Tulsa's a tough team. They played Ohio State with some creativity and really forced the Buckeyes to have uh, uh, you know, a full 60-minute game plan. But guys, I think right off the top, we, we have to start with Travion Henderson. Unbelievable effort from him today. Andrew, he broke Ohio State's freshman single-game rushing record and uh, you have to think that this is maybe the first of many big games for uh, for Mr. Henderson. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw, you know, in the Minnesota game, he had that long, uh, long catch and, and for a touchdown. And, and that was really just him scratching the surface, you know, to then today get consistent carries and, and be involved and be a focal point of the offense. You know, you can see what he can do with it now. Yeah, awesome to see that today, Andrew. You know, Trayvon Henderson, you know, the most third most rushing yards in a Buckeye game. Um, exciting to see this kid come out to play today. Um, and it's been interesting at the running back position. Uh, it seems like we only go with two every single week for the Buckeyes. Uh, Mayan Williams was not a factor in today's game. It was good to see Master T get back in the game as well. Have some have some good carries at some good times to kind of you know balance out the uh, the Buckeye rushing attack. But uh, but Travion Henderson, welcome to Buckeye Fan Nation. Um, a lot of people are excited to watch this young man continue to wear the scarlet and gray. He, uh, he, he had a great day, and, and Ryan Day said afterward in his postgame press conference that this was about riding the hot hand, and uh, he wanted to make sure that, you know, he, he tried to give Master Teague some opportunities, um, but by the same token, Mayan Williams was healthy and able to go. He just wasn't used today. Uh, it sounded like Mayan Williams did not practice every day this week. Ryan Day didn't elaborate on that any further than that, um, but he was healthy and available. It just became a, a Henderson and Teague day. And, you know, gee, when you've got Travion running the way he did, it's easy to continue to, to give him the football. So no uh, no qualms there whatsoever. And obviously a, a banner day. Um, he broke Archie Griffin's 49-year-old record, by the way, 1972 when Archie Griffin uh, previously had the freshman single-game rushing record. So for as well as Travion Henderson shined today, I said at the outset that this was not a comfortable win. And, and I don't want to... I don't want to poo-poo a victory, but like there's an element of this wasn't a, a, a rousing, incredible performance that maybe we expected. And it, it started with C.J. Stroud. Is accuracy today again an issue? Yeah, and you know when I when I first saw that that Tulsa lost the season opener to UC Davis, I thought that this was just going to be a, a real blowout. But then last week they kind of bounced back and, and played Oklahoma State really closely, and that kind of got you thinking like you know maybe they they have defensive coverages that will will kind of confuse Ohio State, and they did that today. I know that they run a very unique defense 
defensive front and that kind of got into Stroud's head. And, um, you know, like you had mentioned, you know, he's, he's still struggling with, you know, maybe his consistency and overthrowing the ball. And those are things that are that are going to have to change, you know, moving forward. But Ryan Day is really sticking with him at this point. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, continuing to 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 build up your your freshman quarterback with confidence and and get him, you know, moving forward in the right direction. Yeah, it was tough to see him. Yeah, it was tough to see him miss guys early, Brendan and Andrew. I, you know, once again, it's uh, but he never got to that moment where in the second half he kind of took off uh, throwing the football like we've seen in week one and week two. Um, so it's going to be a lot of talking this past week with the co- this upcoming week with the coaching staff um, as he gets ready to play another unique defense with the University of Akron. They're going to give him a multitude of fronts. Uh, they're going to bounce him between even and odd. Uh, similar to kind of what Tulsa did today. Tulsa stayed pretty much in their odd defense. They let their linebackers walk around and do a lot of different things to kind of disguise what they were going to do, uh, schematically speaking. Uh, but just CJ didn't look comfortable today. And we talked about it last week. He kind of alluded to potentially an injury um, in his postgame press conference after the Oregon loss. Uh, but maybe there's something going on there physically that we're not aware of. Uh, but he keeps missing high, and it's 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 frustrating to see. Um, you know, with these receivers that we have, uh, this elite group of receivers um, that even ends up in a day where, you know, Chris Olave, unfortunately, his big uh, his big catch gets taken away off the board um, and it doesn't find his way into a stat sheet. And I, I can't remember the last time you watched a Buckeye game and you didn't go, well, at least Olave got his yards uh, from that standpoint. So, you know, this week's going to be important to get back to being able to throw the football. We talked about running the football last week. Uh, but, yeah, CJ's got to be able to calm himself down a little bit, whether it be mental, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional. Maybe it's even spiritual. Uh, but we got to figure out a way for him to connect there. I, um, I I think maybe he's at least past the point of hiding that shoulder injury. He was asked about it, I don't know, six or seven different ways in the postgame press conference. My favorite quote, though, was, it hurts, but life hurts. Winning is tough. And then he eventually wrapped it up by saying, I, I feel like I'm a tough guy. Um, you know, there, there's some level of you need your leaders to show some toughness. Um I just hope that it doesn't become detrimental to have him out there. Because for me, that's that's where you know you want guys to 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 you know do things that you're trying to lead a, a you know a group of guys to do. You need to you have uncommon character traits if you want to be a leader, especially on a field like this. Uh, but if it becomes detrimental, that's that's a problem. And thankfully, so far, it you know it it, it I don't think. CJ's arm is the reason why the Buckeyes are two and one. I think the defense was the reason for the loss last week. And he has still put up very good passing numbers the first couple weeks. Today he didn't really have to throw the ball so much, but he did have 185 yards passing and uh and and one tough interception. Z, let me ask you this because I, I know the X's and O's are really your alley. How difficult is it, as CJ alluded to, to to scheme against and execute against a three three five defense? Yeah, the three-three-five defense. What it gives you, it's a balanced six-man box every single play. And what I mean by the box is between the tackles. So they're going to try to outnumber you in the run every single time. But it gives them the flexibility with that extra. As the Buckeyes, you know, the Buckeyes have their, you know, their streak, their silver player, their their nickel, their bolt, their bullet. Um, it's an extra nickel player in the, in the, in for the defense. So what it does, it gives them an extra defensive back that allows them to get him to fit in the run. It allows them to drop back into coverage and really disguise a lot of different things and get more exotic in your blitz packages. So there's times where, you know, maybe something that seems like a standard blitz uh, that defense looks a lot different from an offensive perspective. So um, I think, you know, what Brian Day, I give him credit on this. They've got a lot of unbalanced. And one of the things that the 3-3 stack is, 
known to not do well against is unbalanced formations. And what I mean by unbalanced formations is traditional formations of having four skilled players to one side, uh, which you saw the Buckeyes do today. They ran counter extra, which means that instead of pulling two guys on the counter, they ran three guys on the counter. Uh, and what that does, it gets that extra counter guy up on that nickel. Um, it was really a good job by the Buckeyes today uh, to be able to use it in the run game. And what it does is it kind of balances out the throw game for you a little bit as well. Uh, from that standpoint, he hasn't seen probably a 3-3 stack in a long time. Um, and really, it's not as prevalent as uh, as most people think. Uh, but really, all it is is a 3-4, moving that one extra guy into the box um, and gives you the flexibility with that nickel player to play really, really aggressive uh, or really passive, depending on the situation. The only thing I would say here, Andrew, is um, maybe just to wrap up the offense, you know, not perfect, but good enough. Mm -hmm. Um Last couple of weeks, it was the passing that that provided some of those big home run plays. This week, it was more with with the rushing attack. And Travion had a 48 and a 52 yard touchdown run. So, um, better balance today. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I mean, right from the get go, I think Travion had uh, three consecutive rushes to start the game, and then they threw him a screen pass. You know, it took the offense a little bit to get going, but um, I thought better balance in the play calling today, and obviously the you know the stats carry that out. Yeah, and that, that was something that I had mentioned um, after the loss to Oregon, too. With If you look back to 2018, that was a struggle that they had as well um, with Dwayne Haskins, and it's kind of the same thing there in that they were very pass-heavy um, and that they kind of disregarded the run in that aspect. So I think if you if you find that balance, you know, that's obviously a positive. That's what they aim for and everything they do. But the biggest thing with that is, you know, you're, you're starting to see these little bits and pieces of Ohio State's offense that like the offense um, or I'm sorry, the the passing game is really good on one game and then the running game is really good on the other game. And if they can put those two things together, that's obviously when you're going to get the Ohio State offense that, you know, under Ryan Day. So it's a matter of, you know, there's still those growing pains they are still learning those things because it's, it is still early in the season. And, you know, how often do you have a Big Ten road game to open the season? before coming home to play a non-conference opponent. I know that they did that in 2017, and that was a, a very similar, um, you know, result in that aspect. But I think, you know, there was a difference in the fact that then they had a, a senior, fifth-year senior quarterback in JT Barrett versus having a redshirt freshman quarterback who doesn't really know those things and, you know, is only going and learning on a on a game-by-game -game basis. All right, guys. I think we have to, uh, have to dive into the defense here. We've hit the offense enough. Um, you know, it – to me, the best way I think I would describe the defense today was death by a thousand paper cuts. Uh, for the most part, there weren't really any huge game-breaking, huge momentum-swinging, uh, you know, chunk plays. They had a, a few, but um, none that went for six. Um, you know, Tulsa, that, that opening drive, I mean, 16 plays, 81 yards. I was a little surprised, frankly, that the Golden Hurricane decided to kick a field goal when they had uh, a chance to, to deliver a big blow inside Ohio State's five-yard line. Um, you know, the big news of the day today, Kerry Combs goes from the sideline upstairs. Um, Larry Johnson at Washington, Matt Barnes all down on the sideline. Matt Barnes signaled in the place today and, and called the defense. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I, let's just start here. Z, your initial impressions on, you know, how, how much more or less effective that might have been today compared to the last couple of weeks. Well, compared to the last couple of weeks, Ohio State has been predominantly a man team with the middle of the field closed. What I mean by the middle of the field closed is they play a safety in the middle of the field. Today, they were middle of the field open majority of the day, um, variations of different coverages, uh, and staying in the zone game a little bit. And, and uh, Brendan, you alluded to the fact it was death by a thousand paper cuts. When you play a zone defense, you're keeping everything in front of you. Um, Brendan, you're a you were a baseball player growing up, and Andrew, if you played baseball growing up, you know – 
whenever you played outfield, you never wanted the ball to go where? Over your head. Same deal with the secondary today. They kept they kept it very soft. They played behind a lot of stuff. They gave up a lot of stuff. But they said, hey, this week we're not going to give up that big home run hit. And part of the reason they didn't want to give up a home run hit, like Tulsa's got two incredible backs uh, that were really, really special players. But also they had some really good receivers uh, as well. So they, it was guys that had big playability. And they wanted to make sure that they didn't give up that big play to kind of instill that confidence a little bit more uh, in the defense. You saw the you saw the defense also um, with Matt Barnes calling it today heavier in the blitz game with the linebackers early. Um, it's feast or famine in that situation because when you do that, um, you're asking guys to go fit in these gaps. But also if they miss on that gap, um, that's when a couple of those runs that were a little bit bigger today um, kind of got the Buckeyes exposed a little bit. But in the on the turn side, it did generate a little bit more pressure uh, than the Buckeyes had the last two weeks. Uh, part of that is, uh, you know, having the right guys. Uh, Tulsa's offensive line is not what Oregon or Minnesota's offensive line was. Um, and, you know, next week against Akron, uh, they're going to try to do probably something very similar. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of speak to your point about keeping everything in front of you, too. You know, if it's kind of one of those things when you have those younger players in there and you allow them to make a tackle in space and and keep it in front of them and not get beat deep or anything like that, that get, that instills confidence in them. And when you're going to have, you know, Ronnie Hickman out there, um, Cameron Martinez, you know, getting the first real reps of his career so far, you see what happens in that. You know, he he has a game where, you know, maybe he kept everything in front of him and then all of a sudden the ball's in his face, he gets an interception, it's returned for a touchdown, and then that's only going to build on that. So, you know, it kind of reminds me a lot of, you know, Ohio State's defense under Jeff Halfley too and that, you know, they, they, they would bend a lot, but they would never break. And it would, you know, they would let things happen throughout the course of the field, you know, 25 to 25. But then once they got into the, into the red zone, they really tightened up. And I think that that's something that, you know, if they're going to be successful, they have to get back to. Davis Brin finished the day through the air 31 of 54 for 428 yards, two touchdowns, two INTs. Uh, the touchdown passes were both good throws, I thought. Um, but, Tommy, especially to your point, man, in the second half, the, the pressure really started to noticeably ratchet up a bit. Uh, I thought Cody Simon played a good game at linebacker. Tommy Eichenberg had a, a, a memorable hit, but a couple of frustrating moments. Um Palatie Neote, I thought really, uh, I mean, his tackle on uh, third down to force that field goal on that opening drive was awesome. Um, you know, perhaps we're going to see him a little bit more. Obviously, a, a bit disappointing that Taraja Mitchell was not really a, a, a part of the day today. It was a game-time decision, and um, to my knowledge, I don't, I don't believe that he played. Um, you know, the, the Buckeyes come away from this game, I think, defensively feeling like Hey, you know, it was good enough to win a game. Um, still have a lot of room to grow, I think, but also some promising things in the secondary in particular. Cam Martinez with the with the pick six at the end of the game. Um, I thought Denzel Burke played a, a whale of a game. Cam Brown looks really good. Um, you know, for as worried as we were, I don't know, 10 months ago with this pass defense, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like to me, that's not much of a concern right now. The, the completions in front of them, you know, those have to be addressed. But like in, in tight coverage, I mean, guys are breaking up passes left and right and making some good open, uh, open field tackles. thought Ronnie Hickman made a couple of really nice open field tackles today. So um, it's, it's a small step for me, but I'm encouraged by, by what I saw defensively. Yeah, and if you if you remember too, there was Denzel Burke had the interception that was overturned and was a completion. So <laughs> was I really that? don't know how that was because 
if you if you look at closely, you know, he rolls over, he has the ball, that's an interception. And I mean, the the confidence that he is showing as a true freshman, like I feel like he was really overlooked um, during the recruiting process. You know, there was Jordan Hancock. Um, and, and he was kind of a, a national recruit. They flipped him from Clemson. And, and Denzel has kind of come in under the radar a little bit and, and obviously made a name for himself. And I think that, you know, if he continues to build on that, you know, that's only going to help Ohio State's defense moving forward. So, Yeah, it's good to see these young guys play well. And, you know, obviously with uh, Zach Harrison out, it, it gave JTT a little bit more reps and, and Jack Sawyer as well. Um, you know, the one pressure that JTT got, you got really excited about. Uh, I think going forward, uh, there's something really special there. That's probably why he held out till July to decide where he was going to college. Uh, but, you know, you're pretty excited about what he can do, uh, you know, for the Buckeyes as well. So I think there's there's some young guys that are going to play well, um, that are going to get better uh, on the defensive front. They're going to continue to build confidence against lesser offensive lines uh, the next couple of weeks. And, you know, even like today, you watch, you know, down the stretch, you know, Brendan, we talked about this the other day, you know, Maryland and, and Rutgers and Indiana, when we, start, when we start off the Big Ten play, you know, those offensive lines all today had issues at different times, uh, you know, throughout their game. So it's something to look at going forward uh, to build a little bit of confidence for these guys and and really give them the ability to start making plays. And that's where the secondary in the past, those linebackers in the past, have been so much better because the defensive line play at Ohio State over the last really decade has been so elite. Um, this has right now been the least productive defensive line uh, that I can remember uh, of recent years. And until that changes, there's still going to be some question marks about this defense. Once Larry Johnson's, you know, potion of the, you know, the godfather, the rush men, he gets that thing rolling. Um, you're going to feel this defense being a lot better. And you're not going to see giving up 501 yards to a, uh, you know, to a mid-major program like Tulsa. So all things considered, the Buckeyes win today's game by three touchdowns, and, and they're you know back on the right foot moving forward after last week's really frustrating loss. Um, but still a lot of work to do. And, uh, and, and by the way, in front of a fairly small crowd, this was the smallest crowd at Ohio Stadium since 1971. The paid attendance today was just over 76,000. Um, you know, I, I guess there could be a number of different reasons for that, but the weather certainly wasn't one of them. It was, uh, you know, there was no threat of inclement weather today with the exception of uh, Andrew sweating profusely on the field because right. uh, the heat index probably felt like 150 degrees. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one thing that you don't really see, especially on TV or even if you're in the stands, is the fact that there's a turf field that that really raises a level of, of the heat on, on the field, um, especially, you know, for those players who are, if they're on the field for a long time on a long drive or something like that, that, that definitely can make an impact. So. You know, it, it's a matter of staying hydrated, and I guess it's supposed to be like 63 later this week. So, you know, hopefully that's the last time I have to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> Fall is coming, that's for sure. Z, any final thoughts from you, my friend? No, I, hey, it's a victory. Uh, one of the things that you always look at at the end of the day, um, it may not be the prettiest way to get at to it, but uh, it's a victory. And, and Ohio State now um, picks up another win early in the season. They're 2-1 and one and have a lot of room to grow. Uh, the one thing I think that, you know, with the 70,000-plus, you know, 70,000-ish crowd, um, you know, you look at these people right now, there's last week's loss. You have a team coming into town that's not a very good uh, team on paper. And realistically, the, the product that people are associating with Ohio State football is not what people are seeing right now. There's been little glimpses of it in different rooms. Uh, but once all, you know, all groups get together and start playing at the groups of nine, uh, get together, play at an elite level and really put together that product that people are used to. I'm sure the Ohio Stadium will be back to 100,000 plus uh, jumping, rattling and rolling. Uh, getting ready for something very special. Looking forward to seeing the Buckeyes on the field next weekend, a Saturday night contest with the Akron Zips at 730. 
we got a lot to dissect from this one between now and then, and then certainly we'll get you set up for that game as well. Uh, live video and audio coverage coming all week long. We've got grades for today's game coming probably within the next 24 to 36 hours. Um, uh, scouting report coming up on, on Akron. Uh, potentially some film breakdown again from, from today's game. Then we'll turn the page uh, in our typical uh, podcast series. Andrew does a Building the Buckeyes series. I think you'd really enjoy if you'll uh, tune into that on Tuesdays, taking a look at all the future of Ohio State football and what's the latest on the recruiting trail. Wednesdays, we talk with somebody who covers the uh, upcoming opponent. So we'll speak with somebody from the University of Akron uh, football team this upcoming week. Thursday, we'll go inside the numbers as usual. And then Friday, our previews and predictions before next Saturday's game against the Akron Zips. Great job on Buckeyes now today. We certainly hope you enjoyed our coverage. We're glad to bring it to you as often uh, and as thoroughly as we can. And I uh, encourage you to check out all of our uh, social media channels along the way as well. For Andrew Lynn, for Tommy Zagorski, and for Eddie Murata, who did our production today, I'm Brendan Gulick. Good night from Ohio Stadium, our instant analysis. The Buckeyes, 41, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, 20. Good enough to get a win, but a lot of room for the Buckeyes to keep on going. See you soon.